Hello and welcome to the Zwift SBS podcast. Zwift is the app that connects you to cyclists all over the world and makes indoor training fun. There are structured workouts, training plans that are really easy to follow, online group rides, and why not try a few races? You can also organize a meetup with a bunch of friends. You might just have to make your own coffee at the end. With Zwift, you can even listen to this podcast while you ride around the Champs-Élysées. All you need is a bike, trainer, and the Zwift app. Get a free seven-day trial, no strings attached, at Zwift.com. Ride on. Bonjour, 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 and uh, welcome to the Zwift SBS Cycling Podcast. And before we start, let me remind you that you can uh, download, stream, or subscribe to our podcast on our website, or log a ride with our friends at Zwift. Joining me, it's Dave McKenzie. How are you, Dave? Oh, I'm pretty good. This is gee, this is quick turnaround. Yes, well, about, we promised it last week. A we, podcast, yeah, uh, we did. I know, but it's just like, mate, twice in seven days. Well, and <laughs> wait until the Giro in the same and, room. Yeah, wait until the Giro and so on. We love to be uh, every day together. Oh so, yeah, that's yeah, it's going to be an it's interesting one. Closer too, <laughs> just quietly. Yeah, just absolutely. Quietly. Uh, before we talked about Paris Roubaix, this is the talk of the town today uh, on this podcast. Let's go back, pedal back about what happened last weekend. Amstel Gold Race. Uh, what did you make of this weekend? It was. Amstel never disappoints. Yep. It's, I mean, no, none of these classics do really. The Northern classics, they're all good, and Amstel delivered. Firstly, in the women's, um, Cavalli, the Italian for FDJ, first Italian woman to win yeah. the Amstel Gold Race. Yeah, and look, what I loved about it, and we touched on it, we talked about it in the pod last week with Gracie. Um, I said, I feel like the peloton. That, that sort of top tier, they're starting to figure out Annemiek van Vleuten. 100%. And yeah. that was confirmation. And, and, and to, be fair, out. to be fair, I was texting you during the race saying yeah. how right you were in the podcast. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. It's, not, gee, it's, oh, it's nice to pump owns, owns, uh, one's tyres up. <laughs> Can't get the words but, out. But I, I kept on thinking about what you said in the podcast last week. Uh, Annemiek van Vleuten was such an extraordinary rider. But yeah. you guys, you and Gracie, really sort of, Spelled it out. Yeah, people, riders are now figuring out how she races and how she wins. Yeah, and and look, this is, and she's won a lot. So you know, but what, in my opinion, now what Annemiek needs to do, uh, she needs to learn how to win another way because they're they're that, ready that... for her to do the long range attack. They're ready for she goes to the front at the bottom of a climb and attacks. They're all on her wheel. And okay, a lot of the time she drops them. But what we're seeing, which is really pleasing, is the level at the top tier in the women's peloton is rising, is yeah, getting better. Absolutely, yeah. but um, uh, let's think back to uh, to Anamik. Uh is it hard to change that inverted comma late in the career? Because that, that, that could be a massive, or maybe not maybe not a massive transformation, but uh, that's probably some work that she probably didn't intend to do. Yeah, but now I've, she says, okay, I need, I need to change my, my, uh, my game if I want to keep on winning. Yeah, to me it's tactics. So no, tactics isn't hard to change. You can, you know, you, you, she, needs a, she needs the right DS, Director Sportive at Movistar now, to recognise that and say, you attacked too early. They were, they were always ready for it. They were, you know, you've got to not attack at the expected spot. You've got to attack at the unexpected spot, and it's hard, you know, because the the Kalberg's not a super hard climb. It's hard because it's at the end of the race, and mm-hmm. you get across the top, and then you've got a kilometre, and there's a finish line. But for Annemiek van Vluten, she needed, I guess, to go at the bottom if she was going to split them up. But she probably could have waited 
you know, 400 metres, forced someone else to attack because there always was going to be one or two others to attack. Hey, it's easy to say mm-hmm. sitting in the comfort of a <laughs> of a studio and, you know, dissecting it. Hindsight's a wonderful thing. But, um, but look, on Cavalli, you know, to her, she was the one who attacked in that last kilometre when that group had come together. I think there was about six or seven. They all looked at each other. She didn't look at them. She looked at the road ahead and attacked. So she was a deserving winner in the end. And uh, doesn't that give a fair bit of confidence in that team uh, of Grace Brown as they lead into Paris-Roubaix? Yeah, absolutely. And then... uh Actually, let's talk about uh, the way the win happened as well because uh, it was a gutsy move. She she really attacked earlier on. Uh, what did you make of that attack Cavalli made and, and ran it through to the line? It was close, yeah. but not as close as the men. We'll talk about it yeah, in a yeah, second. Yeah, yeah. That's painful for me. But, yes. but, uh, but that was, that was, she had to do this to win. She did. And, well, Grace Brown also helped. Well, the whole team helped set it up and... You know, we'll focus on the Aussies because we know them well. But Grace did go on the attack. She got caught, what, at the base of the climb, I think? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she did. She got caught at the base. So she really did set it up uh, for for Cavadley. So, and look, if Grace didn't get caught, she was obviously going to go away and win. So what you saw there was just great teamwork. Great teamwork and utilising the numbers rather than your numbers sitting there not actually contributing at the front or doing something. So... No, it worked a treat, and again, it's I'm loving I'm loving the the women's racing at the moment it's because yeah. it's still the teams are getting stronger, but there's still not say the depth that the men's have. But this is a positive because in the men's some of the men's races you see in the past in EOS or UAE in more recent years, you know these other strong teams, they're able to set a tempo for 150 mm-hmm. kilometers. So for 150 k's, let's face it, it's a snooze fest. You sit there, go, okay, we're waiting. We're waiting for the end of the last 30, 40 k's of the race. But at the moment, the tempo is so high, no one can attack. In the women's, That's it's not possible. Yeah, there's no place to hide. The depth isn't there. So you're just getting this dynamic sort of style of racing, which is really good. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, can we talk about uh, Amanda Spratt, Spratty? Yes. Uh, because she actually performed really well. She yeah. was on the breakaway for a long time. Yep. Got caught out closer to the end. But uh, she said before, and we said it last week as well, that she... She gave it everything in Flanders in a way of her training, last bit of training for uh, Amstel God Race, for the Amstel. But uh, um, in the end, do you think she is disappointed? Is she not disappointed? Did she, did she, do you rate the performance as a, as a good one despite that she's not on the podium? For yeah, I, I totally rated it. She Because she's on the way back. She's on the way back. And to me, that's a, another step in the right direction for Spratty. Um, you know, because look, she absolutely, in her own mind, and I'm sure she won't mind me saying this. Uh, be careful because start, she's listening and her mum is listening. Yeah. <laughs> well, you, you question yourself. You question yourself if you're going to make it back. She had a pretty serious injury mm-hmm, that she absolutely. had to have that operation on, her iliac artery. And, you know, most athletes do come back from that. But Amanda's not getting any younger either. You know, she's not 21, 22, 23. You know, she's towards the back end of her career. So there was she. She absolutely would be questioning herself internally, going, "Can I make it back to be one of the best riders in the world?" And for me, Amstel was confirmation that she's in the right direction. Mm-hmm. She's uh, not there yet, but she's really close, and that's. Uh, I think we're all excited to see that. Yeah, and I think above above everything as well, it shows how 
dedicated she is to the sport and yeah. how dedicated she is to actually coming back to the to the front of the of the bunch not yeah. not just having another few years and yeah. just ride and 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 just make, oh, a, make a living out of it and that won't be her no exactly she, yeah. she wants to race yeah. only at the front and and, and and that was the confirmation for me over yeah. the weekend that she is maybe not not up there yet uh, back up there yet but she's really willing to be there and and yeah well that the old the, the 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 silver lining here could be that her season has started later or her build up is is delayed if you like Are you and later me she start getting some sort of uh uh, some sort of. Uh, well, I was about uh, to say tool? July, but it's yeah. not July. Is it? <laughs> it is July. It is July. It's Sorry, the last it is week July. of July. It is July. <laughs> Who knows? Do you think she start getting the, something yellow? Yeah, the timing could be perfect. <laughs> yeah, and that wouldn't, would that, wouldn't that, awesome. nothing else would matter. So. Um, <laughs> No, no, that, that, but really pleasing to see. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's talk about the men. You sure you want to? <sighs> Do you sure you want to? Uh. Because you gave me a stat. You gave me a stat. It's heartbreaking. Which part mate. will we talk about? Well, we better, if, if okay, people have missed it, let's talk about the finish. Let's, let's picture the finish, okay? We've got a sprint at the finish, and you've got two great guys in the finish. You've got Michael Kiatowski. And you've got Benoit Cosnefroy in that finish. And then they go and sprint out. They, first of all, in that sprint, waited a little bit. And I was worried we could actually see another Flanders, another, you know, the, the third guy coming up and in the way yeah. Pogacar yes. rode himself out of the, that podium. Yeah, yeah, so I was yeah. actually worried for those two guys. They didn't. I think they've learned from you the You weren't worried before. for Kwiatkowski. Look, in a way, in a way, in a way, and I'm going to be very gracious until this story is Michael Kwiatkowski won the race yep. about half a millimeter. It was nothing. It went photo finish. It went photo finish. And actually, uh, the race was not given, but believed uh, by the team, AG2R, uh, Citroën, that Kosnefra won. He was all cheering up. You'd be happy. a bit dirty on your DS, wouldn't you? Or whoever was yeah, at the other end of that yeah, line. Yeah. And, and he lasted about two, three minutes. Yeah. Kwiatkowski was destroyed. And then all of a sudden, the photo finish appeared and Kwiatkowski has won. <laughs> I'm going to say something here, first of all. I am happy for Michael Kwiatkowski because yeah. he's actually a great bloke. Yeah, he's yeah. a great rider. He's, he's, a, he's a very he's a real gentleman too. Yeah, yeah. former world champion. Yeah, uh, but geez, that's painful for me. <laughs> and the last French winner. Yeah, this is where it's been was when of more than forty years ago. Bernard, you know. And there's only been two, is that right? In the whole of the history of the Amstel Gold Race, there's only been two French winners. So, yes, I was a bit... uh, Do you know what the funny thing is? I was watching the race, and I was typing a tweet going, yeah, winner, French winner, you know, in my old flamboyance, if you want to call it. (laughs) Oh, no. Some say arrogance. Uh, But... Did you press send? No, I didn't. <laughs> and then I went, the face dropped, and you see Mike uh, Katowski winning. I'm like, delete, 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 delete. Oh, jeez, you dodged a bullet there, And actually, there, my delete, 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 I'm going to bed. No. Yeah, you would have you, you copped some, um, you yeah. would have copped some, um, yeah, um, some, some trouble. Some crap, yep, from that. Yeah, um, absolutely. But uh, let's talk about uh, Katowski. You know, yeah. how, how much of a worthy winner he is yeah. because it's, it's been a long time between well, drinks well he's won this before hasn't he but, but it's been yeah. a long time between drinks for him it has it has I mean look he's, he, I mean in the last he, he's a guy that's transformed himself into a workhorse yeah. you know being from a team leader when when his days when he won the world championships um, you know many years ago and was winning the classics to being that workhorse for Sky Ineos and you know he got he, he got that stage win at the tour two years ago now. Um, Former world champion. Yeah, yeah. So, but he's still every now and then he can still wind back the clock and produce yeah. a performance like he did. So, brilliant from him. But 
just on Cosner Fry as well, I first came across this young Frenchman. He came to Tour Down Under. Uh-huh. And I think he was, oh, gee, correct me if I'm wrong. I think he was under 23 world champ or under 19 world champ. So he was this new sort of built up next star. And day one or day two of Tour Down Under, he had a nasty crash okay. and he was literally mummified up the next day. He had bandages on him all over. So we never got to see this young sort of sensation do anything. But a couple of things he did impress me. And so I've, his name's always stuck in my head and mm-hmm. I've watched him just little snippets. So this is really great to see. And I think now we're seeing the coming of age of uh, Cosner Foix. Absolutely. So this, this will not be the last time we'll see him. No, and he's done very, very well as well for the French team at World Championships. He's yeah. a guy that you saw really helping Alaphilippe in, in his couple of wins. Yeah. He was there, yeah. really helping as a Yeah, he's not an overnight. Teammate. No. This isn't a, a one-off. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, I, and I think we'll see a lot more of it because also of the structure of the team he's in. He's in AG2R um, Citroën. Yeah. Of course, there's Greg Van Avermaet in that yeah. team and I'm sure he's probably getting so much help mentally, psychologically, psychologically physically, everything. Uh, yeah. yeah, everything from someone like Greg Van Avermaet and I reckon Benoit Kostnefra is one of the solid riders we'll see in a, in a years to come, and it, let's hope he's learning from from, yeah. this, uh, from this sort of situation. And uh, will he go to the tour? I wonder. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I, support I'd, be, of O'Connor. I'd be surprised. I'd be surprised he won't be if there, he didn't. So, yeah, no, no, absolutely. Yeah. No, because he, he's versatile, and too. he would he would be one of the guy battling all our Aussies for the Polkadot yeah. jersey. You know, because yeah, we yeah, want yeah. an Aussie on the Polkadot jersey. I'm starting the campaign here. Yeah, uh, yeah. at the Tour de France. But let's listen from the winner of Amstel Gold Race, Michael Kiatowski. Uh A lot of luck, I would say. <laughs> It was a very tough, tough finish, tough sprint, and you know I, I, I was super confident that I can win, but on the same time, you know the last 50 meters was, was super tough. You know I think Costafoy still accelerate when I start to, you know, go on the side of him, and uh, for me it was all about the win because after all the you know bad moments this season I had with 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 COVID and. Uh, Previously, with, with with flu and being sick, not being able to uh, to follow my my race program, and now I'm here, uh, winner of, of Amstel Gold Race. That's just incredible feeling. So that was Michael Kiatowski, the winner of Amstel Gold Race. One stat as well is the 11th winner for Ineos this year. So we, no matter what we can say about Ineos and how Sky were before, and yeah, but is the 11th 11th different winner. Wow. Of the year, we're only in April. Yeah, and I guess yeah, because I mean they've I think they won stages at Catalonia. Yeah. They've been winning from early on, haven't they? But they're winning for the roster. They've got a roster of what twenty five. Yeah, you forget how good they are. Yeah. sometimes because yeah. they haven't won the tour the last exactly. two years, or you know that, so well, they, they won the Giro last year. So in a way, they're dominating differently. And yeah. uh, no matter what you think of the Ineos slash Sky that they were and or are, uh, there's one thing they have reinvented themselves. They really flipped yes. the way they race, the yeah. way they attack a race, they were, and, and they really reinvented their strategy and what the team is all about. Yeah, and, and you know what? This leads us perfectly into Paris-Roubaix discussion now. Exactly. Because there is one rider, I've written down a bunch of the favourites, if you like, um, and one rider I've written down, or two riders, I should say, from Ineos, Luke Rowe. Mm-hmm. I think you've got to give him an outside chance. Felipe Garner. Yes. He's on the list I'm looking at. We haven't seen the final official list, by the way, so don't jump down our throats if some of these riders end up not racing. But at the moment, Garner is on the start list. 
Yeah. You've got to give him a chance. Yeah. Don't you? There, you there's actually to. there's actually a couple and a couple of riders like Ghana as well. Yes. Uh, and we'll talk about Roubaix now. If you decided now, Mister. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you but, might be but hosting, but I'm producing. Okay. <laughs> uh, but but yeah, Ghana is. I mean, he's had had a few extra great years the yeah. last the last few years. And honestly. and it's not his time. It's not just his time trialing. No. We've seen him win the stages at the Giro d'Italia, and he actually won a fairly, you know, fairly mountainous stage or hilly stage a couple of years ago. So. The, but the list, yeah. can I let, let, really let, quickly... Let's go through with with, uh, with the Roubaix, the main version, first of all. Yeah. Uh, the field is super open this year. Yes. Has, yeah. it been, has it already been that open? Probably yes, but yeah, not I mean, for a long time. Well, yeah, there's a couple of things. So first, I think it's just stacked full of riders that can win. Yeah. Um, two, it's going to be dry. And... Thierry Gouverneau and Frank Perk, who are the respective race di- race directors for yeah. the men's and the women's events, they did their usual reconnaissance sort of within the last few days. They do it every year, a final check yeah. to make sure that the cobbles are in good condition. Yeah. Uh, uh, what, what does that mean? <laughs> there probably has been spraying a bit of water on it. So and... they're, saying, they're saying they're actually in excellent shape. As in, you know, they've just they've they're happy with the condition of them. They've they've made some repairs to one. They've actually dropped one star okay. because they give the official star rating yep. each year. They don't. It never stays the same because the road, I guess, gets worn down. You know, even if they do do the same parve. But they're saying it's going to be dry. They're happy for a dry one. And we saw after last year in October that was one of the most heroic ones we've yeah, seen. Absolutely. You know, you know, for many, many, many years, 40 years potentially. So, but then the list, I'm going to quickly reel off some names here, right? And then and we again, can dissect some might a few. be here, some might not be here. Yes. It's not the official list. At the moment, okay. this is what we've got in front of us. Mohoric, mm-hmm. Matthew van der Poel, Wout van Aert, Laporte, Asgren, Stibar, Sepp van Mark, Sagan, Pedersen, Degenkolb, Nils Pollitt. Sagan, Sagan's not going to be here. <coughs> I think Sagan is not here. He's on the list. Is he now? At the moment. Okay, so let's say Sagan again. Sorry, start again, Sagan. So I'll start again. Just say Sagan. Sagan, well, we're not sure if he's going to be on the list, the final list, but he is at the moment. Pedersen, Degenkolb, Nils Pollitt, Christoph, the old man, yeah. he doesn't. He <laughs> keeps on winning. Matteo Trentin, that is just a list. The only one, the one that we 100% know will not be on the start line, last year's winner. Colbrelli. Sonny Colbrelli. So and, and for right reasons. For well. the right reasons. Is that a pacemaker put in? All accounts so far, his recovery is going well, but slowly steady. So we wish him well. And it is a shame he's not back as the yeah. defending champ, but bigger reasons um, uh, absolutely. for him and, to and, miss and out. Should we see him back on the bike? It's even a, a different question as well. Because yeah, that, that was pretty horrific, actually. Yeah, he uh, was very lucky. Yeah. Uh, and then of the Aussies, Heinrich Hausler. Heinrich Hausler, by the way, yeah. was 10th last year. <laughs> yeah. like, Let's not forget this. Not that he's not capable, we know yeah. that, but you'd think the best is beyond Heinrich. No way. I'll give him a chance. And, and actually, uh, if we can just say Roubaix is one of these races that you could win later on into your career. Like Matty Heyman. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, look at Matty Heyman. And, and this is a race that you become an outsider on the race, not the older you are, but when you've got a bit more experience. Oh, you, is it all down to the back? You've just sold me. I'm but, actually on the high note. But is it down to the back handling? Like the more you ride, the more conditions you, you handle your bike a bit better? Yeah. 
No, I don't think that. Look, it's a good analogy. I don't. I don't. That look. That's maybe a little element. It's experience, no doubt. I mean, Matt Heyman's classic line, and and this is, I guess, not exactly, but paraphrasing it. He's like, "Never stop pedaling." Yeah. Keep riding. Just keep on riding. That's what he always used to say, and that's what he would say to his teammates towards the end of his career. You know, it was his thirteenth attempt when he won. Yeah. He finished last in his <laughs> very first. Exactly. I mean. It, you know, talk about a stories of riders winning Paris Bay. Matt Heyman's has to be one of the best because he wasn't the down outright superstar. He was never the favourite in any of the ones that he did. He was always a workhorse most of the time. Um, and on that day, he nearly lost it, and yeah. then, and then and then back again. And let's remember that he broke his uh, uh, he broke his collarbone six weeks out. <laughs> yeah. he, he was on Zwift. Yeah. Like that is a fact. That's, yeah. also, that's not me trying to sales pitch. He actually was on Zwift for six weeks. <laughs> it's crazy. So, yeah, yeah. Look. So to go back to your question, yes, you need experience. Very few riders win it in their first attempt. I think Tom Bonin finished third in his first attempt. Maybe Cole Brady won it, it in his first attempt, but he's older. No, you're right. You're right. But, uh, but, but he's older. He's, he's, yeah, he's that's right. In his career. And he's, he's, of course, he's ridden some of the spring classics. Yep. So he's ridden the Parve, not the Roubaix Parve, which mm. is different. But that is true. That's a really good point. So, look, but back on the Aussies, Harry Sweeney's on the list. Taz Jones from Israel is also. Durbo, you know, one of our main men. Uh, Alex Edmondson. Michael Matthews is on the list. Yeah, I've seen two different start lists. At the moment, he's on the list. I'm a little bit surprised. So do, we'll do you just, think so? Yeah. Well, I thought he'd... I thought Matthews would be more now switch his focus to the Ardennes yeah, okay. classics. Mm -hmm. So we'll wait and see. Unconfirmed. Um, but Philippe that's is the Aussie not, men. Alaphilippe is not, I think, on the list, is he? No, no, no. no. It's, not, it's, it's not a race that he uh, he would do. I'd love to see him do it one day. Let him win the Tour de France before. <laughs> okay. Like uh, the Frenchman in me, you know, we talked we talked about him last week. Uh, I think there's a rule we need to talk about Alaphilippe in every pod we do. <laughs> but we talked about him last week, and you said, would you want him to? To drop everything, drop everything else to win the Tour de France, yes, but I do not want him to drop every other classic to win Paris Roubaix. That's a different point. Yeah, that's you know? true. I that's want him true. to win the Tour, not the Paris Roubaix. I don't care. Um, so that's the 119th edition yeah. for the men. That's big time. And for the women, do, do you know? Just before we go to the women, yeah. what I love about the stat you just given, it's there's not that many sports around the world that carry so much tradition. There's not even that many races in cycling that carry so much tradition. So we no. just, uh, and I know I'm very excited about Roubaix. It's one of the races I love and I've been loving since I'm a kid, but the weight, the weight of the tradition of yeah. that race. When you think Roubaix, you think mud, you think pavé, but you also think black and white photos, the men in the showers in 1928, oh. in 1957. Yeah. All this history, the weight of this history well, in that particular race. You, you know what I was going to do today? Actually, I, I forgot, but I there is a... There is this line, and I'll try and remember some of it. If you can just bear with me for a second, there, there, there's a there's a story about post World War One, I, I think, or World War Two, and you know, as we know, the Western Front, the northern part of France, had been completely bombed, destroyed, mm -hmm. towns, villages, roads, everything, and so the organisers of Paris Bay drove out of Paris not knowing what to expect. Yeah, exactly, they wanted yeah. to assess the course and see if they could actually have the race, if it was possible. And at first, when they first got out of Paris, uh, the outskirts, there was the, the stench of rotten um, yeah. cows and you know that had died during the war, during the bombing. 
uprooted trees and everything. And but then the dust cleared and they started to find these roads. And somehow they put this race together. But the story, you know, that it, it survived it has survived world wars. This race, these roads were built by the Romans, you know, some of these roads, and they're barely touched any other time of the year except for this race. So I'm with you. It's, I I fell more in love with Paru Bay when I retired and I guess started working for SBS, and obviously we've covered the race for a long time. Have you ever come close of doing it Um, in your career? I, I would have come close. Yeah, I would have come close a couple of times when I was racing for a Belgian Australian team, we're we're category two, which is equivalent of well, division two. Yeah, you know, one step below world tour. I think we're close to a, a wild card. And would, yeah. would 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 have been exciting for well, you as as a rider or well, daunting? Or I both? always wanted to. Every rider, <laughs> probably no matter who you are, unless you're that skinny scrawny climber, you you never want to go anywhere near <laughs> anything that resembles a parve. Um, I, I of course I wanted to do it. You know, it's one of those things you can say I've done Paru Bay. And I remember Matt White, who now is the sport director for Green Edge. We're the same age. We raced in the same era. And Whitey rode it. And the following weekend, we raced somewhere. We did a race. It was a tour, I think, um, after Paru Bay. And I saw him at this tour and we're racing. And we're rolling out one day. And I said, how's Paru Bay? And he was, in the, he was in the early break. So he actually had a pretty good race. And he went, never ever again do I want to go back to that place. And he turned me off it. I'm, I'm, I'm putting it on you, Whitey. He turned me off ever wanting to do that race and he had a good day. He's not the only one because there's this funny quote in French about uh, the Badger, Bernard Hinault, yeah. who won the race. I think it was almost snowing or whatever. He won the race. Yeah. And there's a journalist that just went and asked him, Oh, you've always been vocal against this race. You think it's the most stupid race in the world. That's actually the nice part of me is actually putting a few swear words in this. <laughs> and I said, no, you want it. Do you change your mind? And you just went, F not. Uh, <laughs> this is still the most effing stupid race in yeah. the world. And it, he said, the only thing now, I want it. I'm never going to do it again. This and, is done. I <laughs> mean, this is how good Eno was. I love that story <laughs> because prior to that, he, as this journalist pointed out, he had, he'd always criticised it. But it was really, the talk was that it was really the pressure they kept putting on him, said, you're saying it's no good because you don't think you can win it. Yeah, exactly. So then he put his (laughs) hand up that year and said, okay, I'll do it. He did it, won it, and said, stick it, I don't want to do it. (laughs) But it's still a stupid race. I mean, it is something special. I I hope you can hear uh, Dior Couch Peloton that we actually love this race. I love this race. Look, uh, look, I've seen a couple of snippets on socials. The couch are yeah. getting they're getting excited. I hope it, so. it is one of the biggest days. <laughs> Let of us the know year. if you're getting excited. Yeah. Uh, there is second edition of the tour, uh, not the Tour de France, the, the Paris Roubaix Femme yep. uh, with Zwift. Actually, uh, we talked about it last week with Gracie. Second edition. So now the riders, the cyclists, the women, they know what to expect. Uh, and the one that haven't uh, participated to last year's, they would have heard tales and stories yeah. about their own uh, teammates and so on. Uh, what can we expect for Saturday night? And the tour, the, the, ah, I keep saying the Tour de France, the Paris Roubaix Femme. Uh, I don't think we will see a solo victory like we saw last year from the amazing Lizzie Dine. Yeah. She was, she, I think she actually attacked on the first set of Parvay. She did. They hesitated and she went away 80 kilometres. Mm-hmm. Now, only someone like her, Can her this, credibility yeah. could do it. And that was brilliant. Uh, so I don't think we'll see that this year. I think the other, the stronger teams would have learned. And even in 12 months, I feel like. Again, the women's level 
is rising so fast because the sport is just changing rapidly compared to the men's. So I think we're going to see some really strong teams. Um, you know, we've got, in terms of uh, Aussie women, we've yep. got a really good lineup. We've got Grace Brown, who I think we all believe she's she's capable of winning. Loretta Hansen, Chloe Hosking, Jess Allen, Georgia Baker. Yep. I've been so impressed with Georgia. We talked about her last week. Yeah, she's so... Transition from the truck to the yeah. world. And she's, look, I think she's got the build and the horsepower of HP for a race like Paris-Roubaix. I don't think we should expect a lot from her. It's her first one, but I'm just wrapped that she's in the race. So this year, I'm going to put it out there, is anyone can beat SD Works on a, on a race like this? Because there's such an, a tactical... Yeah, ex, uh, because event. it's Paris-Roubaix, Paris absolutely. Paris-Roubaix is a different kettle of fish. Yeah, and, and in some ways... You can have two or three teammates taken out in the first or second sector. Mm -hmm. So yes, the team is as important, but the parve dictates the race yeah. more than the teamwork, I believe. And that's actually a good a good segue on this. Uh, so first of all, tune in to Paris Roubaix. We'll have a special night on Saturday, a special night on Sunday, uh, and very special for me as well on Sunday. We'll see why. But uh, I love that race, and and uh, I'm, I'm so pleased that we, you and I, be part of it. But yeah. uh, uh, Paris Roubaix femme on Saturday, Paris Roubaix homme uh, on Sunday. But the segue is the technical side of it because mm. uh, you said you can be taken out on the first section of pavé um, there's there seem to be these few last few years big discussions around in a catch peloton but also in a, in a pro cycling peloton the the side of the technical uh, aspect tire pressure tire quality brakes this brake no this brake electronic shifting and how much of this is changing the roubaix we see these years yeah it's changed a lot look i think it, it, it already started probably seven, eight years ago. And even, you know, there's always been, if you go back 20 years, mm -hmm. they were using front shocks. Yep. They were using mountain bike shocks on a retro retrofitted to a road bike 20 years ago. And then they went away from that. Gilbert Duclos-Lasalle, I yeah. think he won with shocks. Mm -hmm. um, Correct. They either banned them or they, they went away with them. They realised, you know, actually they didn't need them. But we see we see riders trying, we saw more Horich with the drop post. This, yeah. so, this sort of thing. Oh, that was, you know, that that was, was innovation genius. Exactly. genius. Yeah, 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 but, yeah. So we see this sort of thing changing and shaping and stuff. But I'm talking more about now today, it's it's a lot more on the technical, the, the, the technology side. Yeah. So we talking electronic shifting or not we're talking yeah the tires know, the tires, the the tires are the biggest one do you I, think tires I, are the biggest one i believe yeah wheels and tires because that's what's that's what's hitting the parvey that's what gives you a hard ride or a soft ride so from 20 30 years ago most riders and teams were using 21 mil bagged so that's the size of the bag of the tire 21 mils roughly now they're using 28s 30s because the bike's the clearance is bigger because you've got the disc brakes, not the caliper brake, so you can fit a bigger bagged tire. Should you go? Should you go disc brake? Even though, yeah, if you I have a flat so. tire, if yeah. you have a flat tire, you can spare you can, bikes. Yeah, spare bikes. But, but not always in the parve because you're in a crazy spot. Exactly. Your team car can't get up. So that no, that's a good point. And also the danger on when you fall. Most if you fall on the disc bike, there's been a couple of you know, yeah, no. Is that, does you, that well, you're going to do more damage with a 53 inch chainring, yeah, aren't okay. you? Yeah, no, that that's a that's a sort of fallacy. That yep. I think the the damage. Sorry, sorry, yeah. mate. <laughs> come on, mate, get with the program. Get your act together. Um, um, <laughs> no, but the the tires is the big one because I remember about five years ago was the last time I ran a, a, a well pre COVID a, a, a tour group that yeah. I, as you know I run there, and we finished at one of the sectors our day, and we we stopped and we had a little marquee and 
a good Belgian friend of mine was there, and he had a set of spare wheels. He was helping out one of the teams, one of the Belgian teams. And he had a spare set of spare wheels because that's what they do. They just get they get a few volunteers, not just team support, team uh, team staff, I should say. They get a few volunteers who they know that know the team, and they have not, a set. Not of, draw blog with a beer. Yeah, right, well, some of them do. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, my mate Dirk had was getting the wheels prepped because the race was getting close, and he's like, "Right, I've got to check the tire pressure." He goes, "Mate, can you help me?" And I'm like, "Yeah." And this Dirk, he knows cycling back to front. So we're pumping it up. And he said, I can't see how much pressure's in. And I said, oh, it's like it's only four bar. He goes, oh, I only want four and a half bar. Or it was something like that. Don't completely quote me. Mm-hmm. Four bar, four and a half bar is like 60 PSI. Yeah, so it's not much. It's not much. When a 23, 25 mil bag tyre, you put 110 to 130 mil per square inch. Yeah, PSI. Yeah, PSI. Uh so on a Roubaix wheel, you might only put 50. You might put half, 60. So they're, because they're bigger bag tyres, they don't need as much. And then the other question is, do they use tubeless? That, that was my next question because you, t- you talk about the bag, so you, mm. you're talking tube. I don't uh, know this. But, I don't know the answer to this. Or tubeless? This, yeah. is, this, is a, this is a debate. Damn, we needed Manny Heyman. Yeah, absolutely. This, uh, no, this no, he doesn't care. He, he doesn't care because he keeps pedaling, no matter what. <laughs> Just keep on riding. So, <laughs> yeah, so, not. so the technology absolutely has made a difference. Um, so does this, it make the race much faster? I'm, I'm not I, sure. I haven't had a good look at the um, the times. The times over the last. I think you'd have to go back further than twenty years. Yeah, to, certainly makes the ride easier, mm-hmm. though. With your equipment. Inverted comma easier. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's still, still the hell on the north. You know, oh, still it the hell is on brutal. The north. It is brutal. Thank you for joining us, Maka. Thank you very much. This is the end of the Paris-Roubaix special podcast for today. Before we go, let me uh, remind you that you can uh, download, stream, or subscribe to our podcast on our website uh, or log a ride and or, or log a ride with our friends at Zwift. Until next time, it's bye for now. And don't forget to tune in uh, to the uh, Paris-Roubaix fam on Saturday and Paris-Roubaix Oh man, on Sunday, it's so exciting. I love this race. Bye for now. Before we go, a quick word from our sponsor, Zwift. When it comes to sport, I always tell my kids, rule number one, have fun. On Zwift, fun is fast. Tour de France winner, Garant Thomas uses it. So too does Mathieu van der Poel. And Australia's Neve Bradbury Zwifted her way to a world tour contract. One of my favourite things on Zwift is seeing the flags of people from all around the globe that I get the chance to ride with. I love the structured workouts, doing meet-up rides with friends, and when I'm feeling strong, doing a few races. They definitely hurt, but they are fun. It's easy to get started. All you need is a bike, trainer, and the Zwift app. Visit Zwift.com, and hopefully I'll see you on there soon. Ride on.